0: Welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast with your host, Alex Harris, and with them as always are Tim Geiner and Matt
1: Paul.
0: Colin Trevor. Colin
1: Trevor. Colin Trevor. There's a laughable, like, Diana laughed when she saw, at the end, the like very end of it, there's, sp- um, spoiler alert for our listener, this is... I'm I'm talking about um, the new Jurassic World movie that I'll talk about more later. But um, there's this whole like slow motion montage of like various dinosaurs like coexisting with animals.
2: Oh, with animals, (laughs) not humans. Like
1: there's like triceratops like gallivanting with like rhinos and like the like ocean one, the like um that like whatever the hell it's the mosasaur from the from the other movies is like playing with like hump, humpback whales. Are you kidding what? me? It would
2: bite Come that on. whale to
1: shit. Like,
2: <laughs> Just lap, having like, a blast.
1: LOL.
0: Oh my god.
1: Pretty wild.
2: Uh, well, at least Chris Pratt got out of the paycheck. I yeah.
0: know.
1: And it made tons of money, so they're obviously going to make more. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the AIPT Movies Podcast. I'm Alex Harris. I'm an independent writer slash director. You may know me from my movie about a new amusement park featuring exciting scientific breakthroughs where things go terribly wrong to everyone's shock, despite them taking every possible precaution, the terrifying science fiction thriller, Dinosaur Petting Zoo. I mean, it seemed like a foolproof plan to me.
2: Oh, yeah, we could go wrong. Hey... Gardner, man Suit actor, good watch this Greasy guy. Ah, uh, yeah, you may know me from uh, Harry uh, Henderson's Two the Squatching, which is going really well, and I have no complaints.
0: You sure, Tim? You've been you've been crying an awful lot and clutching your framed picture of Kevin Peter Hall a lot today.
3: Everything is fine.
1: He said he's fine, Alex. <laughs> Hi, I'm Matt Paul, and I'm just the guy on a podcast. I'm certainly not a script doctor. And anyone who says I am should be forced to watch something so terrible and boring that they actually welcome the potential destruction of their world. Speaking of Moonfall, did I tell you guys they originally asked for script doctors to add some new scenes into the movie in order to salvage Moonfall after some disastrous test screenings? One idea was full Moonfall. In this, the moon was actually full of werewolves who ran out of moon food. So they were coming down to Earth to eat people instead. There was going to be this whole thing where the werewolves are on Earth hunting people. Then the moon would change its orbit and move out of view. So the werewolves would turn back into human form. And our heroes would have to try to escape or kill the werewolves before the moon rolled back around. And they turned into werewolves again.
0: Matt, that actually sounds kind of incredible.
1: Right? Anyway, that was Skynet's idea, which they didn't use. I suggested they make that stoner guy, Ziggy, the main character, and have the moon be full of weed. That was so dank, it made the moon super stoned to the point that it was having trouble staying in orbit. Roland Emmerich loved the idea, but all the other producers just continued to cry into their hands. Kind of like how Tim is doing right now.
3: Uh, fine!
2: I confess. Uh, Things are bad, guys. I mean... I guess the way I should have introduced myself was by saying that you may know me from having my heart ripped out for being fired from Harry and the Henderson students questioning for the second time. As you guys know, uh-huh. I've been putting on makeup and pretending to be my alter ego Tom Planter in order to play the part of Harry since I was kicked out of the Suit Actors Guild of America. But that motherfucker, the Jared Leto of suit actors, Wilson Montanero. Apparently decided he had his fill of torturing me on the Harry set, and finally revealed to everyone that Tom Planter is actually me, Tim Gardner. <laughs> wait, which wait, which one am I again? I I, I, I I can't remember.
1: Wilson knew it was you under the Tom Planter makeup this entire time, and didn't rat you out until now.
2: <laughs> mind games, man. The man is obsessed with mind games. Just listen to him revealing my identity to the entire cast and crew. One of the sound guys put the whole thing on TikTok. Cut.
3: Great take, everyone. Well, except for you, Tom Planter, you were terrible.
2: Oh, oh, excuse me there, uh, Mr. Montanero. Uh I
3: didn't think I was particularly bad at all. Let me just say, you're no Tim Gardner, that's for sure. I think the entire cast and crew can agree on that.
2: Oh, jeez, excuse me?
3: The real best choice for the Harry role was clearly Tim Gardner, but then you somehow got him kicked out of the Suit Actors Guild of America and stole the part out from underneath his girthy feet! I did I mean, I I did no such thing. Tim Gardner is, like, one of my favorite suit actors working today. In fact, I only took this role with his blessing. Prove it! how, How would I prove that, sir? Call him up! Right now! Put him on FaceTime, which I know seems like a bad idea because it means we'd have to see his face to do so, but why don't we give it a shot? Yeah, jeez, I don't, I don't know about... I don't, I don't really keep my phone on me while I am in the hairy costume, you know, and be professional. No worries! I keep mine in the pocket of my punk-style leather jacket that my character, the evil Sasquatch Yura, wears. I'll give Tim a quick ring. Oh,
2: jeez, I don't...
3: Hmm, that's strange. Isn't your phone ringing at the same time? I can see it on the chair that says Harry on the back of it. Oh, yeah, what a coincidence. I bet I'm getting my call from one of my friends at the same time. Name these friends. What? Tell us who they are, Thomas Planter. Uh, uh, Felix. Felix. Felix Harvey and, uh, uh, Pat. Uh, uh, Pat Pat Mall. Pat Moll, really? That's what you're going with? (laughs) That's his name. Why don't you answer the phone? I'd love to talk to these friends of yours. Doesn't seem like I'll be able to talk to Tim Gardner anyway. His phone just keeps ringing, oddly for the same period of time as your phone has been ringing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. what a quinky, didn't you, Murray? Let let, let me answer this real quick to to talk to my totally real friends, uh, Felix Harvey. Felix Harvey and Pat Moll. Oh! Oh, jeez! Whoops! My my Bigfoot gloves, you know, they're all clumsy, and I accidentally dropped my phone and smashed it with my Bigfoot feet. Oh, whoops! Just stomped on it again! I must
2: still be a character. Harry's so clumsy, don't you know?
3: Yes, that must be it. Anyway, I think it's about time for some lunch. I'm just gonna go grab something to eat far, far away from all of you for no reason at all. Oh, uh, oh, hey, Tim... Tim speaking. Damn it! That's right, everyone. You probably couldn't tell because he did such a stellar job covering his tracks during that phone call gag a few seconds ago. But Tom Planter is none other than Tim, the human green screen gardener. What? No, That's impossible. Indeed. The imposter impersonated another imposter, the imposter. He pulled the oldest trick in the book, a Mrs. Doubtfire, in order to get the role of Harry back. But as we all know, Tim Gardner is no longer a member of the suit Actors Guild of America and is therefore non-union and cannot perform the role of Harry in this picture. He's right, Tom. Tim, whatever it is, I feel like I don't even know what's true anymore. You broke my heart, Tom. I mean, Tim. You ruined everything. I may never recover from this. This is the final straw. It's official. I'm divorcing my wife and I'm going to begin an affair with my assistant several weeks ago. And it's all your fault, Tom. I mean, Tim. What? No, no, no. You, you, you can't. Come on. This
2: this is my dream role. I, I've been studying all of Kevin Peter Hall's moves for years. I'm trying to perfect his movements and demeanor. <laughs> I know you have.
1: <laughs> Damn, Tom. I mean, Tim. It is Tim, right? What are we going to do now?
2: Uh, I think a better question is, what's Jim Farmer going to do about it?
1: Oh, Jesus, Tim.
0: Not again. You can't just keep creating new identities and disguises to keep this role. You got to let it go.
2: Uh, I don't know what you're talking about, complete stranger. I'm auditioning for this role because I heard it was available. So, uh, what do you guys think? Should I just go for an Alan Moore kind of look and just cover myself up as much as possible this time, or or should I go the opposite direction and get a bald cap, go for the Grant Morrison thing? Oh, maybe I should just look like another average white guy, like the majority of other comic writers.
1: I vote for whichever version is more embarrassing for you. Grant Morrison
2: is check. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, once again, in an affront to our hopes that this podcast will become lucrative enough for us to finally stop sharing one single coffee with three straws every time we record, we have some corrections from the previous episode. First, the Moonfall trailer is probably a better movie than Moonfall itself. Absolutely. It's funner, has higher stakes, feelings of urgency, and they use Bad Moon Rising in the trailer.
2: But only for the trailer, which thus cements... That the trailer is superior.
0: The trailer is the superior movie. If you want to see Moonfall, just watch the trailer. Um, also, apparently, Tim was right. Halle Berry's ex-husband, Doug Davidson, played by Emmy Walker, did die in Moonfall. According to the Wikipedia plot description, at least, he sacrificed himself to save them. So you were correct, Tim. Which means it is even more cold that at the end they don't know he's dead. And they're just like, sorry, I didn't yes. get to
2: dad. Right? And she's like, it's okay. <laughs> It's like the, the man's a fucking hero and believed in you the whole whole damn movie. And pulled so many strings and just No oh, well. Just moved sorry. right on. How cruel. And finally,
0: we made some rather harsh remarks about Elon Musk last week and also insulted those who idolize him. Anyway, that's it for corrections, let's move on to some news. <laughs> Scream 6 is going to be set in New York City, but it will be filmed in Montreal. If it's anything like the last time a major horror villain took Manhattan, we're going to have a medium fun time watching Ghostface kill people on a boat.
2: The title for Ryan Johnson's Knives Out sequel has been revealed as Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Other possible titles include Knives Out 2, even more Knives Out this time, I'm Never Putting These Knives Away, and Knives Out, Size Out. Today at the grocery store, I made a
1: sign that said, Suns Out, Buns Out for the hamburger buns.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. That's incredible.
1: Jurassic World Dominion is number one at the box office with a stellar debut, which obviously means that all those negative reviews and the poor word of mouth are totally wrong.
0: Oh, okay, good, good. I'll just go see it then. (laughs) Ben Affleck's next movie as director is a movie about Nike's rise to success, and not only will it feature Viola Davis, Jason Bateman, and Chris Tucker, but Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are both starring in it as well. The current working title is, You Like Nikes? How Do You Like These Nikes?
2: (laughs) That will will never go dry. (laughs) (laughs) A movie based on the popular Duke Nukem video game series is in development from the creators of Cobra Kai. Which means we can ignore it for a while until everyone talks about so much that you give in and watch it and have to admit it's great. You guys still haven't watched uh, Cobra Kai, have you? No. (laughs) It's It's a really good show. I know. It's a
0: lot of fun.
1: Uma Thurman and Henry Goulding are joining Charlize Theron in the sequel to Netflix's The Old Guard. If you don't even remember the first one, that's okay because neither does Charlize Theron. I never even saw that movie. No.
0: I know
2: neither did <laughs> I.
1: I neither.
0: Tim Burton was very upset about Warner Brothers approving nipples on the Batsuit after the studio had previously thought his Batman movies were too dark and weird. Mainly, he can't believe they approved that, but said no to his idea for Batman's giant goth penis.
2: The, the Prince Albert was just like a step too far, I think. <laughs> <laughs> They're making a Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel, and will take the Spangler family back to Manhattan. Hopefully to be killed by Ghostface. Fingers <laughs> crossed.
1: <laughs> Ozark's Julia Gardner is the frontrunner to star in the Madonna biopic. Gardner is going to play Madonna during her younger years. But for more recent events, Madonna is going to be played by the doll from Saw.
0: Does kind of look like
1: it. Like she like there are literally no like lines on her face. It's just like smooth.
2: Yeah. The the universe has taken an airbrush to her face. At all she times. looks yeah, so it's
1: crazy. It's so yeah. creepy. I shouldn't say crazy, excuse me. Creepy. <laughs> I'm sure she's very sane. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The writers of Deadpool 3 claim the movie will not be Disney-fied and that we can expect an R rating. On the downside, Deadpool will only break the fourth wall to tell us about the new shows coming to Disney+. Plus.
2: You joke, but that, that's very real chance I of mean, happening.
0: They, I, they'll probably do something like that as, you know, yeah. as an in-joke. Yeah. I just, you know, who knows how far yeah. they'll go.
2: Maria Bakalova, breakout star of Borat Two, is going to play a key role in Guardians of the Galaxy Three. We don't know exactly who she's playing, but it could be related to Sasha Cohen being cast as Thorat. <laughs> my hammer!
3: <laughs> this is Loki. He's pains in my assholes. <laughs> oh. Oh, remember
0: that period of time where. All anyone did was talk like Borat. What a time to be alive.
2: A
1: simpler time, really. (laughs) A trailer has been released for Dwayne Johnson's Black Adam movie. And I have to say, it looks... (laughs) (laughs) I agree, Matt. I agree. I didn't even watch
0: it. And finally, I I don't have anything funny to say about these things. But Marvel is officially making a Thunderbolts movie with director Jake Schreier. Um, if you don't know who Schreier is, he directed that movie Paper Towns and was a part of Waverly Films, a filmmaking collective that also featured No Way Home director John Watts. If you don't know who the Thunderbolts are, they're a team of supervillains posing as heroes. I don't know if they'll actually have them posing here as heroes in the movie, but that's what it was in the comics. But I'm assuming it'll have Taskmaster and other recent villainous characters we've seen. US U.S. Agent. U.S. Agent, stuff like that zemo zemo is a part um, a major character in the comics of with uh, thunderbolt. so i would assume he'd be there as well so potentially cool yeah. uh and also face-off sequel director adam wingard has confirmed they plan on having nicholas cage in the movie and that's pretty exciting i'm hoping that like the movie starts off with some like random person and then it's revealed that that person is actually caster troy in a new face and then the whole movie <laughs> is him just, like, switching faces with different people until he can finally get his real face back or something. Like, that's mm. what I'm hoping the sequel is about.
2: <laughs> Fingers crossed. Russian nesting doll of faces. Yeah.
0: <laughs> It'll be, like, I'm hoping the, for the sequel to effectively be like that movie uh, Fallen with uh, Denzel Washington. You remember that movie? Ah, uh, yeah. It's just, like, a demon that keeps going from person to person. I'm hoping it's effectively Fallen, but with... It's face switching. That's that's like, you know, that's what I really got my hopes, my heart set on. We'll see what happens.
2: Hopefully they have an action figure so you can have like amazing
0: face fall off action. <laughs> that's it for news. Let's move on to new releases. New in theaters is Lightyear. While spending years attempting to return home, maroon space ranger Buzz Lightyear encounters an army of ruthless robots commanded by Zerg who are attempting to steal his fuel source. The animated adventure is directed by Angus McLean and is and written by Pete Doctor, John Lasseter, and Andrew Stanton, starring the voices of Chris Evans, Kiki Palmer, Peter Saan, and Taika Waititi.
2: New in select theaters is Brian and Charles. After a particularly harsh winter, Brian goes into a deep depression, completely isolated and with no one to talk to. Brian does what any sane person would do when faced with such a melancholic situation. He builds a robot. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah, right. Who hasn't? You've never been? <laughs> the comedy is directed by Jim Archer. It's written by and stars David Earl, Chris Hayward, and Louise Breeley.
1: New at theaters is abandoned. After a young couple moves into a remote farmhouse with their infant son, the woman's struggles with postpartum psychosis begin to intensify as the house reveals secrets of its own. The thriller is directed by Spencer Squire. It stars Emma Roberts, Michael Shannon, and John Gallagher Jr.
0: Spencer Squire. If that's their real name, that's incredible. I know. New to streaming is Mid-Century. A husband and wife's weekend in a mid-century modern vacation rental home turns deadly when the husband discovers the owner is a psychopath with a backyard of buried secrets and designs on his wife. Ugh. The horror thriller is directed by Sonia O'Hara. It stars Shane West. I remember him. Sarah Hay. Oh wow. Bruce Dern. Stephen Lang. Vanessa Williams. Remember her and Anna Purna <laughs> Sriram? Annapurna S- Anna yeah, Sriram. Sriram.
1: I kind of love um, I kind of love the that synopsis because like. Who hasn't been on Airbnb looking for a nice place to stay and has seen a really cool mid-century place, honestly?
2: (laughs) Right. Yeah? (laughs) Right. A mid-century place with a backyard full of secrets. I mean, if I had
0: a nickel for every time that happened to me. (laughs)
2: You know? So many designs on your wife. I really feel, <laughs> I really
0: feel like they should have like a check mark on Airbnb for like no dead bodies in the backyard because I'm like getting really, really tired of it personally.
2: Every time it rains excessively, they just float up
0: to
3: the surface. Yeah.
2: Ooh. <laughs>
3: the worst. You just moved the headstones. You didn't move
2: the bodies. <laughs> um, new to streaming is the Lost Girls. Like her grandmother and her mother, Jane, before her, Wendy must escape Pan's hold on her and the promise he wants her to keep. The fantasy drama is based on the novel by Laurie Fox. It's directed and adapted for the screen by Olivia de Palas. It stars Louis Partridge, Jolie Richardson, and Vanessa Redgrave.
0: So Peter Pan is pulling some creepy shit. Peter
2: Peter Pan is a sex pest. Generational sex pest is kind of what I'm going (laughs) with in this movie.
0: I mean, he was obsessed with staying young. I mean, I always felt like you couldn't trust that guy.
2: Yeah, and he, the fact that he's just, like, haunting this matrilineal line. Of... He has a long history of sneaking into children's bedrooms.
0: Like, I, I, yeah, I
2: don't... Mm.
0: I guess we yeah, all should have seen this coming. <laughs> all right, that's it for new releases, which means it's time for What Did We Watch This Week?
2: What did we watch what this
0: What
3: did week? we watch? This is my town! I'm in charge of everything! I decide who lives or who dies! In a town called Redemption... A winner-take-all sudden-death contest is about to take place. I now declare the quick draw competition open. But now there's a new face in town. You're pretty. You're not the kind of woman who knows that the fastest way to a man's heart is a Colt 45. Sign me up. Sure, must want to die young, miss. And my name to the list. Gentlemen, please remember, you must not draw until that clock makes the first chime of the hour. The quick and the dead. Are you prepared to
0: go? All the way. It came out in 1995, but this week we watched The Quick and the Dead. A female gunfighter returns to a frontier town where a dueling tournament is being held, which she enters in an effort to avenge her father's death. The Western action revenge film is directed by Sam Raimi and stars Sharon Stone, Gene Hackman, Russell Crowe, and Leonardo DiCaprio. The screenplay was written by Simon Moore, but includes contributions from Joss Whedon. Uh, <laughs> Whoops. Apparently he helped fix the ending. He did have his moments when, you know, before we realized how much of a creepy he was. So... As a warning, I'm sure there will be spoilers as we discuss The Quick and the Dead. So, if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to pause this and watch the movie and come back. I suggest you do. It's pretty great. It's on Netflix right now. Otherwise, let's dig right in. So, Matt and Tim, what are your favorite things about The Quick and the Dead?
1: I hadn't seen this movie before. And I knew of it, obviously. But I'd never seen it. And I kind of loved it. Um, I like westerns um, in general. And I... But the thing about Westerns that I always sometimes have a problem with is, like, the pacing and, like, you know. Yeah. Um, but I feel like this movie did pretty well on that front. It's definitely, you know, plotting and, like, you know, it's hard when, like, you know, it only takes place in, like, this town and stuff like that. But I I, I kind of loved it. Um, I loved during the credits scene in the beginning, um, you see... Sam Raimi's you know director title as she's coming into the bar um I love that speaking of Sharon Stone I loved I feel like she didn't really talk a lot in this movie she was just like the quiet brooding like out for revenge character that most westerns have but I really liked all of her like little quips (laughs) and kind of like um you know the thing she would say
0: you seem to be having a good time playing by yourself
1: exactly you know all those so good so many good quotes um i like that a lot um lance Henriksen. Oh, wow f- wow yeah um amazing um his whole his whole outfit his whole <laughs> persona you know the whole thing and then he just gets taken down so easily and quickly. I know. Um, He's a
2: liar. I know.
1: <laughs> big time liar. I enjoyed. Um, this is a a small one, but the guy. Um, I think he was selling gold teeth. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was collecting gold teeth. To gold sell. teeth. Like, like. I, just <laughs> I up, got uppers. I got lowers. Oh, I, I got gold teeth for molars. I got like. I thought that was really funny. And that also mm-hmm. happened during that really cool looking Dia de los Muertos, you know, celebration that was happening mm-hmm. outside. Oh yeah. Um, I thought that was really awesome, obviously. Mm-hmm. Cause I love all that shit. And I, um, I thought it was a really good way to, um, you know, have Sharon stone kind of hallucinate her character, Ellen um, kind of hallucinate, you know, during it and see, I forget who she thought she saw, but she sees somebody during it. Um, it
2: was the town doctor. that wasn't uh, yes. a hallucination.
1: Oh, oh, it wasn't a hallucination. It was the doctor. You're right. They
2: played it off as a hallucination. Only they made to, it but, seem like it was, yeah. and
1: then he showed right. up, and he knew her back in the day. Yes, thank you, Tim.
2: I gave birth <sighs> to you. That's right. <laughs> Robert Blossom. Um, mm-hmm.
1: He's great.
0: He's great. Rest in peace.
1: I know. R.I.P. Um, I love that. That Kamish Gordon was in it. Yeah, Other Pat Hingle. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: Hingel? thought that was cool.
0: There's a famous story uh that is in the Bruce Campbell book about how Pat Hingle was so upset that his character was allowing his daughter to be mistreated and everything like this. So Sam Raimi mm. like filmed a fake scene where he like fights back against someone and Bruce Campbell was involved in the scene, but it got cut from the movie.
2: Oh no. Oh, poor Pat Hingle. Oh,
0: yeah, that's too
1: bad. And lastly, so that you guys can get a word in, all the all the Sam Raimi isms, obviously, uh, like the yeah. depth of field and like the like, you know, just all the like the
2: whip pans, the quick, whip pans yeah. and
1: the quick zooms and like you know, um, Dutch
2: angles for the days. Dutch <sighs>
1: angles and the gross. There was like just enough gross stuff. Like it wasn't super gross. Like I actually wanted more. Yeah. Gross.
2: <laughs> Scar wasn't gross enough for you?
1: I mean, that yeah, he was good. But, like, I wanted more, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. More things getting more, like, blood spewing and, like, projectile fluids. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wanted more Evil Dead. I just wanted more, like, Drag Me to Hell and Evil Dead stuff.
0: Yeah. Because, like, like Henrikson losing his thumb... Mm-hmm. normally you'd think Raimi would show it like fly off, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. But yeah, I loved it. I'm so glad I finally saw it. I'm glad it's short. It was pretty short. It was yep. a pretty quick little watch, which I think was good. Yeah. I'll let you
2: guys chime in. Yeah. So <clears throat> no, I enjoyed the fact that this is in 1995 and we have a female protagonist in a Western. Yeah. yeah. Um, Especially again, Sharon Stone doesn't talk a lot because she's the classic stranger with no name, myster- mysterious. You know, you know, she's got vengeance on her mind. Um, doesn't have to say a lot of words. It's all more show, don't tell, right? Um, that being said, like when she does talk, it's equally badass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, baby, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, uh, oh. funny in yeah. this. Uh, I remember that being a big selling point back in the day. of like, Leonardo DiCaprio. Because <laughs> uh, I think he was still, you know, had yet to fully prove himself.
0: Yeah. He's still the... This was like right, right after What's Eating Gilbert Grape.
2: Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so like Leonardo DiCaprio playing the kid. <laughs> uh, I think he did a great job um, being as cocky, you know... <laughs> Can I get, can I get any faster? Oh my God. Did you guys see Oh I
0: know. know. He was so good.
2: (laughs) You know, this movie is definitely a gun fetishist's dream. Oh yeah. Mm. Because. Yes. (laughs) Because the way Sam Raimi shoots stuff, uh, no pun intended, um, (laughs) You know, he like, you know, how he calls attention to things. They always make things look, always makes everything look interesting. So, when you have that whole scene with like, we got to get this fellow, you know, Russell Crowe's character a gun. Uh. So, let's talk about the gun. Let's, you know, show these guns. Blah, 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 blah. All the gun flourishes and everything's chrome and glistening and pretty and, you know, historically accurate. Like, you got the Swede with his ball and cap revolver to show how meticulous and, old-fashioned he is and that's a nice little detail for like nerds yeah um yeah i mean it's it's a good it's a decent sam raimi film i'm not gonna say it's a good one because it's sam raimi didn't write it uh but he did a great job bringing it to the screen um but he was also you know has to play by like tristar and like sony sony's rules um So like, yeah, they don't, they're not going to show, they're going to show Lance Hendrickson's like thumb get blown off, but like not really, you know, like blow a hole through his other hand. You're going to see a hole, but you're not going to see like goop and classic stuff like that. But supposedly the classic, the Sam Raimi car is under a tarp and that's how it makes its cameo in this movie.
0: Yeah. I, I was trying to figure out where, where in the movie it's under a tarp, but I couldn't figure that out.
2: Yeah. I also think they did some great foreshadowing and um, hints at, you know, the ladies, uh, you know, Shanstone's past. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you only find out till later that this is, she's returning home, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Holy shit, Gary Sinise's little part. It's just an important part Gary Sinise has, but you're also like, whoa, he's in it for three minutes, four minutes, and there's a photograph of of him. It's like, wow, Gary Sinise. Um, No, it's just, I think the great, all the characters are great because you got, you have to have archetypes and yep. it, it, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you have scar, the criminal who's like, <laughs> they make it a point to always tell you how much he smells bad. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got, you got, uh, um, Oh, uh, geez. Well, you got Lance Hendrickson, of course, like the, you know, the pretty boy flourishy gunslinger. Um, you got, Oh yeah. Uh, Keith David, Oh yeah. As you know, the bona fide badass, you know, professional uh shootist. Yep. Um he's great. Oh, Keith David in it. And then again, yeah, I got Sven Old Thorsen, Arnold Schwarzenegger's I buddy. Um and yeah, and Robert Robert's Blossom is so good. I love I love him in this. He's just always great. But he, him as the the town doctor in this is really good. And even the quick casting of younger Robert Floston that was some good casting choice of like getting a younger they either did some really good makeup to make to de age him in the flashback or it was just really good yeah casting, but...
0: I feel like it was makeup and just like darker hair but i I can't confirm yeah
2: well they did a good job of shooting around at that yeah to really sell the illusion right. Oh, and I, yeah, and I forgot that scars is freaking Mark Boone Junior. I know some people may know from you know Batman uh, Begins because he don't. I, it's hard to recognize Mark Boone Junior. when he basically has no hair.
0: I know he's he's had that same beard and and like long do for the last like twenty years. So I I didn't recognize yeah. him in this movie either at first.
2: Yeah, I, I wonder this movie made a modest profit. Like it cost thirty five and it made forty seven. So I wonder if this helped get on Sony's radar to do the Spider-Man movie. Mm. Maybe. Maybe for Raimi to do the Spider-Man. I don't know. Maybe this idea. But yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a fun it's a fun Western. Alex.
0: Yeah, I mean i I remember seeing the ads for this movie, and I I wasn't I don't think I knew it was directed by Sam Raimi. and I think I I think I knew who Sam Raimi was at this point, but I. I don't think I knew enough to like anticipate it being a Sam Raimi movie, but I remember seeing all these crazy zooms and shit like that in the commercial. And I was like, what the fuck is this? This is such a weird yeah. Western. And it it's mm. just, it's, just has so much character first. Like what a fantastic title for the movie. It's such a perfect <laughs> title. It, it, it's about a fucking shooting contest and it's called the quick and the dead. Perfect. I know. Perfect title. Um, all the Sam Raimi shit as you mentioned, like that great opening shot where you see the canyon and then the camera keeps going back as she's coming in the distance, and then you see and then you see uh Jigsaw from the Saw movies. And, <laughs> oh and wow. It's like yeah. it's all one shot, and then that great shot of the gun in the foreground as he shoots her and she like rolls off the horse. Just great. Uh and there's also this like really good matte painting shot of her looking at like the town from afar and it had that like classic sam Raimi otherworldly look that all of his like matte paintings had um that incredible following the shadow reveal for for lance henrickson she's like on the bar and then the camera looks down at the shadow and follows it across to his feet and then up to him like oh so good all those like like, whip pans, tilt zooms, all that shit. That great montage of, like, of the shooting, of the contest going through. And just, like, black screens with, like, guns and Gene Hackman laughing. Um, So great.
2: Yeah, Gene Hackman chews so much scenery. Oh, this. He's a great film. Oh,
0: yeah. He was fantastic. He was fantastic in this movie. And um, one thing I really loved about this movie was Sharon Stone. I, I thought yeah. she was so good. Like, Sharon Stone was such a fucking star in Hollywood was not ready for her in the 90s. I feel like if yeah. she were to come out now, she would be massive. She would get yeah. so much work and she would be so respected.
2: And they focused they focused she, she, they always did her a disservice. They always focused on her sex appeal. Right.
0: Yeah. And and like even this movie had like a scene where she like wakes up with no pants on and like mm-hmm. you can see her hips and everything, like it she's barely I know. covered. Um, I mean, to my understanding, Sharon Stone was comfortable with that stuff. She was a producer on this movie. She was a major creative force on this movie. Get yeah, this. Right. She insisted on Leonardo DiCaprio being in the film and supposedly paid his salary herself. So she was one of... Great. Sharon Stone was one of the first people to say Leonardo DiCaprio is going to be a star. What? She also handpicked Russell Crowe. He was It's his first American movie, and she picked Russell Crowe. And, apparently, she was given a list of directors to, to make this movie, and she sent back the response with only Sam Raimi on the list because she loved Army of Darkness.
1: Like, mm, who wouldn't? I know. But, like, that's... But, like, you wouldn't think that she would be a fan of that, you know?
0: Right. That's so fucking cool. She made, like, three excellent... Cho- three of the best choices in this movie, uh, supposedly, again... This is all like, mm-hmm. you know, movie trivia, which sometimes isn't always perfectly accurate. But supposedly were her decisions. Like she Yeah. She's fucking she's a cool shit, and I, I feel bad that she didn't have like a better career when she was younger. Um, but like she was so good in this movie. The way that, she, like, her face acting whenever she was around, like, Gene Hackman, the way that they mm. captured how she was really good, but she was never comfortable killing people or shooting. She yeah. was always nervous that she would miss, even though she was so good. Um, and of course, later we find out why she's so nervous about missing. Um. Oof. Oh, I, uh, And <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah, really, really impressed with Saren Stone in this movie. Um, and like one thing i really liked about this movie was like the cruelty and darkness of it like this town all i could think was that this this town redemption i think is what it was called is the real hub of you know of like scum and villainy like
2: this a real den a real den of scum a and real, villainy like yeah. this
0: is what i think of when i think of a den of scum and villainy um yeah. and like <laughs> and like the the whole thing the whole thing with shooting out the chair so that someone gets hung slowly like
2: mm-hmm.
0: vile the the uh, leo leo's character the kid trying to win his father's respect only to be killed in the process <laughs> like the fact that he thinks he's
1: his father
0: i i know like the fact that he thinks he's calling his dad's bluff he doesn't think his dad will go through with it but his dad is such a piece of shit that he will not back down and kills his Mm -hmm. own son. And then he's reaching out to him to like be held before he dies and he does nothing. And then it's just like, they never proved he was my son. Like, Oh,
2: so, which I also think might be, you know, Gene Hackman's character trying to rationalize it to not feel anything. You know, he's trying to get ahead of it.
0: That that's a whole thing too, is I actually think he's a really, his character was actually pretty interesting. Um, yes. But I'll I'll get that I'll get that into more personally with uh, honorable mentions. But I agree, like the cast in general was so good. I what a, what a great cast. Um, and like, yeah, I just I forgot how great early career Russell Crowe was. I really liked him when he first I came know. around. <laughs> Um, and the other thing I mentioned is that speaking is that the, the plot device of a shooting contest is so good. It was such, it, it was such a great way to create drama and conflict and to keep the movie going and give it a good pace. Like it just, just this movie's very well constructed, even from the scripting point of view before they gave it to a great director and a good mm-hmm. cast. Um, yeah, in general, big thumbs up to this movie. Do you guys have any honorable mentions uh, or things you had mixed emotions about, sometimes known as the cronies in honor of David Cronenberg?
1: Um, I had... Um, I mean, it was they were effective, you know, points in the movie um, for, you know, building drama and emotion and stuff. But, yeah, the fact that Gene Hackman kills his son oh. and the fact that Sharon Stone killed her dad. I mean, accidentally, but... Yeah. Wow. And, like, Gene Hackman's character, like, knew it would happen, and he just made her do it. Like, oh, man. Cronies, but, I mean, good cronies, because it was a very... They were very effective things to the plot of the movie, Um, but just, yeah, wow. I didn't see... I figured how everything with Leo played out was going to happen, but I did not expect Ellen as a kid to have accidentally shot her dad trying to get him off of the noose.
0: Yeah, I I forgot about that. I thought I remembered her like missing the rope or something like that. I completely forgot she gets him dead in the the head on on the first shot.
2: Hey, so long, the Gary <laughs> Thank you for playing a pivotal role. I know. I'm going to give out my uh, honorable mention to the character, uh, I think Rats is his name, played by the wonderfully named, stage name, of course, Rainer Shine. Old <laughs> um, born Rainer Johnston. Um, just, he's a great like lackey. He was just a fantastic like little shit, shitheel, suck-up, sycophant. You know, beats the crap out of Russell Crowe when he's handcuffed and chained oh, and stuff yeah. like that. And mm. he's just like, Ugh, you know. And then he, you know, uh, he messed up His hands. Russell Crowe's hand yeah. real bad. And Gene Hackman says, like, what happened there? You know, and it's like, you, can't, you have about, you got 50, you got 20 seconds to leave town, Ratsy, you know, and <laughs> just that whole bug out scene of that little guy just like, oh, no. So yeah, I always love me a good, a good little hench. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Solid, solid.
0: Uh, I have a bunch of different little honorable mentions. Um, not, not a lot of cronies. Um One of my honorable mentions is when Keith David is introduced and he's like, put me down on the list, Cantrell. And he's like, how do you spell oh, that yeah. correctly?
2: Correctly. Oh,
0: so good. <laughs> um, the music I thought was actually really good in this movie too. It was Alan Silvestri. Um He was kind of at the height of his powers at this point um, for movie scores there was a really great split diopter shot with oh. with a uh, Sharon Stone close to the shot and Hackman in the background while someone said while she said some people deserve to die i thought oh, that yeah. was a great show and tell shot as you mentioned um, big big honorable mention to spotted horse spotted oh, horse yeah. cannot be killed by a bullet all oh. of that was fantastic
2: mm mm-hmm.
0: when Russ, so a lot of little like honorable mentions for me was Russell Crowe when he kicked the door when he was on the ground and kicked the door back to um, hit. Uh, you just mentioned him, uh, Ratzy, to hit Ratzy in the face. That was fantastic. Yeah. Um, the way the, when they're like during the scene when Leonardo DiCaprio was showing the different guns, the way they show how tempted Crowe is whenever the guns are drawn, like like he's just so he has such a connection with shooting and guns. And it's like, it's like he's being like tempted with drugs or something. Like I thought that was Mm. great. Um, in the first duel with Russell Crowe's character, how he drew and shot, but didn't even seem to realize that he did it. Like he seemed surprised when he realized that the gun was in his hand.
2: Second nature.
0: Oh, so good. Um, That entire left-handed draw scene with Gene Hackman and, and Ace, I believe his name was played by Lance Hedrickson. That whole scene was fantastic. That great tense dinner scene when she, when, uh, Gene Hackman invites Sharon Stone to the dinner and she has like the gun underneath it. It it kept reminding me of the, the dinner scene in Inglorious Bastards. Which oh, yeah. uh, which people talk about all the time about how great it was. And I was like, it, it it is great. But there's also a fantastic tense dinner scene in this.
1: Yeah. That's a great scene.
0: The hole in the head shot was great. Where you just like see the back of the head and then there's a suddenly mm-hmm. a hole in it. Um, also up there is the sun through the, the chest shot. Fantastic. Yes. So damn good. Um In general, I will mention to almost all the characters in this movie, like you could make almost any character in this movie the lead, and it would probably still be an interesting movie. Yeah. (laughs) I want to point out that the movie is rated R for Western violence, Yeah, which I (laughs) think is pretty funny. Um,
2: Good catch-all term for hangings (laughs) and shootings.
0: At least it's not Eastern violence, you know. Um,
2: It's like those Eastern provinces, be careful.
0: Right, right. Um, I speaking of like Gene Hackman and his character, is there was that one scene of him alone in his long underwear like cleaning his bullets looking sad. I thought that yeah. was a really cool thing to include in the movie.
1: Yeah good depth
0: yeah because like he's horrible he's terrible but like he's they made him actually seem like he's a person rather than just like this cartoonic character he's he's not cool or tough he wants to be scared because he's gotten so powerful that nothing feels like anything anymore you know like he's just this like yeah. I don't yeah. know I just that I thought that scene was really cool and a lot of movies I didn't think would bother including it um he's a hollow man yeah, yeah. you know just like Kevin Bacon and uh <laughs> Honorable mention to the shot of of the lady or Ellen um, walking up with her hat off and the flames all around her at the end, mm-hmm. and then and then Russell Crowe just taking out all those people like he could have done it the entire time. Fantastic. Absolutely. Yep. Um. And then uh, I had like I guess like a crony to the sudden ending, like how like sudden the end of this movie was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There, but one thing I was thinking when I was watching this was like I would totally watch a sequel to this movie with like Sharon Stone returning as like an older like version of Ellen, something like Unforgiven, but with like Sharon Stone and and Sam Raimi. That that would be sick. I would watch the shit out of that. And just a quick shout out to the cine- cinematographer Dante Spinotti. Dante Spinotti. Wow. Uh, no. uh, no. no. who also did L.A. Confidential and Heat and Manhunter. He also did the effective remake of Manhunter, Red Dragon.
2: Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, can I give one more honorable mention? Wow, we've lingered too long on this. The explosions. Oh, yeah. Mm. They did a really good, really excellent job of selling how violent an explosion is. And the chaos that ensues from something like that. It
0: was fantastic. I agree. Those are great explosions. And, like, I, I was, like, concerned when they were going off. They didn't yes. feel inconsequential.
2: Yeah,
1: no.
0: What didn't you like about The Quick and the Dead? Was there anything that confused you?
2: Not
1: really. I mean, I think, like, a tiny little, you know, thing is that at this point, it, like, it's it's blaringly 90s, you know? <laughs> it's pretty, you know, I don't know if I would say that it's dated, At this point, because it's also a period piece, so well technically a period piece. But yeah, it's it's just a little bit.
2: You feel you feel the error in which it was made. I feel
1: the error in which it was made.
0: It's a very nineties cast.
1: It's a very nineties cast. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. But yeah, besides that, no.
2: Yeah, my only knock against it, there's a few draggy slow parts that kind of weighed the movie down. But once I got into the is it all scenes served a purpose. There was never a scene that was useless. I would argue. Yeah. Um, Cause they all either illustrated someone's character or they forwarded plot. You know, there's yeah. there's nothing really, but it's, I think some of the pacing was a little draggy in, in places, just the necessity of slowing it down because the movie called the quick and the dead. And like the shit, it has to be quick, you know, like, and it, and it is, and it's like fast and then, you know, big bang, boom. But yeah, a little, little draggy here and there, but really nothing to really complain about. Yeah. I mean,
0: I, I agree. I can, I can see
2: those points. I,
0: I don't really have anything to complain about either. You know, I, I thought the end was a little sudden, but that's, that's
2: about it. Mm. And you said that was fixed or? <sighs> yeah. Apparently
0: the, the ending was a little different. I'm assuming like the final, uh, duel or whatever probably probably from the for all i know it included the fake fake out death with her and everything but they they didn't like the ending and they got joss whedon to come in and quickly rewrite it in like a day Hmm. i don't know the extent of which that he rewrote it but you know i'm assuming it wasn't just the you know her being like okay bye and leaving I'm assuming that was happening no matter what, and he probably came in and helped put together the, like, final duel kind of section, if I had to guess. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a favorite death scene?
1: Ooh, I mean, probably Gene Hackman, just because, ooh, he just <laughs> deserves it.
2: He, yeah, know. it was satisfying. It was satisfying. Yeah, and the way in which it was shot with the whole... Is he hit? And the only way they tell us that he's hit is that we see a shadow. Yeah. And there's a hole in that shadow. I know. <laughs> it's so great. Unfortunately, my favorite death scene comes at the cost of Keith David. Mm. Because of that, because of how they of what they did, of just like sh- the back of his head, all of a sudden, boom, there's a huge hole yeah. in the back of his head. He gets shot in the head. Like that quick, like they don't linger on it to make it excessive. It sucks. He's a great character. Yeah. And it's Keith, motherfucking David. Right. But, yeah, I think that was just uh, it was neat because you're just like, unexpected. This hasn't happened in the movie yet. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with those. Um, I, I also enjoyed Spotted Horse's death because it was drawn out. I thought that was interesting. The kid's death was brutal. Um, uh, yeah. The, her dad's death was brutal oof mm. like there were a lot of effective deaths but i would say probably the one i enjoyed the most was gene hackman's i i would say
2: it's so cathartic yeah, yeah. it's
0: just so enjoyable and like the fact that he looks fine for a second and you- you're used to all these different ways for it to be like oh they're fine oh they're not you're used to all these different methods for it but the like shadow with the sun poking through was so yes. I- i've never seen anything yeah. like that so it was just so that was just so cool do you have would you give any random aesthetic choices in the Quick and the Dead a breaky award in honor of the windbreakers in the Neil Blancat movie Demonic?
1: I mean all the clothes really were just all badass, but um, <laughs> the scene the bit where Sharon Stone's sunglasses Oh those the, tiny like, really little small sunglasses, ones, the tiny ones, and with yeah, right. the combination of like her Shirt being like slightly unbuttoned. Um, mm. I enjoyed that.
2: I have to say. <laughs> maybe that, maybe the small sunglasses is what also made it feel extremely 90s, too.
1: Could be. Mm, yes, maybe. Like, yeah.
2: Sunglasses as big as your eyeball. That's yeah. It. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was just cool.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's form over function, man. Yeah. Uh, my aesthetic choice goes to. Lance Henriksen. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's got, he's got the long hair, the the mustache, the goatee, the flowery shirt, the attitude to go with it. It was just a great showman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, I, I think I, <laughs> I think, um, in general, I probably would give it to Sharon Stone. Just, she just looked cool. You know, she just looked really cool. Um, yeah, and but I also I guess an honorable breaky for Keith David's finely groomed mustache. Ah, he yeah. just he really he really sold it. He really like yeah, it really worked yeah. on his face shape. I have to say. Now finally, would you recommend the quick and the dead?
1: I would very much. It it was great. I yeah, feel like absolutely. it's different than other than a lot of other um, westerns, and it's
2: fun and good. Yep. Yeah. People don't like Westerns. haven't watched this. Mm, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a a fun Western. It's different. It's a good plot. It's a good revenge movie. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if it's a good movie, if you want it, if you want to see a cool, like action movie that with a, with a impressive female lead, I'd say this is a good choice. And, And if you like Sam Raimi and you want to see him bring his set of tricks to a movie that you wouldn't, assume he'd make. This is this is a lot of fun for Sam Raimi fans, I would say. And yeah, if you like movies like Tombstone, like if you're into that like nineties Western thing, but you want something <laughs> a little crazier, then here you go. Yeah,
2: there you go. That's a good call. Even though Tombstone was pretty wild. Oh somewhere. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm real Huckleberry. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, I, I think I already know the answer to this. Before we go, did either of you watch any other movies this week that you'd like to quickly recommend?
1: So dad saw, um, (laughs) Jurassic Park world. No, Jurassic, (laughs) Jurassic Jurassic world, World, Jurassic Park world, the (laughs) Dominion Dominion. movie. And it was so goofy. (laughs) Um, I mentioned this earlier. Well, it was before we were recording, but I, I am deeply offended that this is conceivably the last movie of the franchise because it is not a good final movie to close out these other movies um there are lots of cool dinosaur stuff in it and i told my daughter that there was a therizinosaurus in it um so spoiler alert i like dinosaurs a lot um and (laughs) i'm slowly making my offspring also like dinosaurs a lot um so there's this dinosaur called a Therizinosaurus and it has really long like talons like, like it has like Freddy Krueger hands and Ooh. it's uh, it eats plants but it uses the hands for like getting plants and shit. But anyway, a, a one of them is in it and it's actually a pretty cool part of the movie. There are cool sequences um, but it was just kind of goofy. It hmm. was just a goofy movie. Um, and unfortunately I don't really think the dinosaurs could save that there's after the last movie that came out. Um, also how long do you want me to keep talking? Cause I would just keep talking and talking and talking. (laughs)
3: Um,
1: after the the last movie you think like, Oh cool. There's going to be like dinosaurs in cities and like, it's going to be like, you know, total chaos. And the next movie will be about all of that. And, it's not. Mm. It's about locusts that are genetically engineered by Dr. Henry, Henry Wu and the dude who sent Nedry with the Barbasol from the f- very first Jurassic Park. It's about him just wanting to be rich.
0: Dachshund? We got Dachson over here.
1: Dachshund? Yeah. <laughs> See, He's no one the, cares. I know. I know. He's... um he's in it and he's actually kind of a funny like um <laughs> that's
0: awesome that they brought him back that's cool i didn't it's
1: know that so yeah yeah that, um, that
0: might be my favorite cameo in the, in the new
1: i know i know he's actually kind of funny in it they like make him like a um who's the apple guy oh <laughs> <laughs> like the guy who started apple with the turn like
0: um they, steve jobs? Steve jobs, yeah.
1: yeah steve jobs they like make him look like him and like act like him kind of like awkward and weird and like he's like you know chewing gum the whole time and he was actually pretty good but yeah I mean at the end of like at the end of the day they just ended up needing to steal something from a lab and they got stuck in what's basically just another park with dinosaurs in it and they get airlifted out and the end so (laughs) yeah that's terrible I know that's a bummer somehow I wasn't Surprised, but also still disappointed. There's a very cool motorcycle chase that you probably, that it, that's in like all the trailers. Yeah. Um, that part's cool. And all the stuff with dinosaurs in the world is cool. But, okay. you know, I don't know, is surprisingly goofy <laughs> yeah. for a fictional movie about bringing dinosaurs back to life. The end. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk.
0: (laughs) You're welcome, Dotson. Um, Two questions I'll ask. One, how was Laura Dern? And two... Oh, she
1: was... Yeah.
0: Oh, actually, answer that first, please, Yes,
1: She was good. I, I would say out of the three of them, if I had to give them, like, a rank, I would say Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, and then Sam Neill just phoned it in and, uh. and, and he looks rough too. Like he, like he looks like, I feel like he's on like Harrison Ford level of like ancientness. <laughs> I, I mean, he must not be that old, but he, he did not seem like his heart was in it. Uh. Um, but Lar Dern was great and they actually, um, you know, fully commit to her and Alan Grant having like a, romantic relationship which is pretty nice oh um, good for them yeah you know mwah. um and <laughs> but yeah she was great I, um jeff goldblum was good um it was he ends up working for Louis dogson which is very That's kind strange. of yeah strange and not very believable so i didn't love that i'm like he's not bad but like that's what he's been doing with his career is working for his company. Um But he's like funny and, you know, does his, you know, there's a, there's a callback to him with the torch from the first movie, you know, <laughs> like, um but yeah, Laura Dorn is great. And, 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 you know, well, Chris Pratt, let's, I'm just not even going to mention him because <laughs> I don't like him and he's very forgettable in this movie. Um mm-hmm. But you know what? Dallas Bryce, Bryce Dallas Howard is, she's, she's good. Um, um, I thought she was really good in the movie and, and they gave her more to do and she kind of kicked ass. That's good. More than Chris Pratt did. That's Um, good news. There's a really cool, like, helicopter pilot lady, um, who's pretty awesome and badass, but, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was your second question? I'm sorry.
0: No, <laughs> oh, it's fine. Unfortunately, my question was going to be, how was Sam Neill? Because Alan yeah. Grant is my favorite human Jurassic Park character.
1: I know. So that I know.
0: that is really, that is a serious bummer
2: to hear.
1: Yeah, uh, he wasn't great.
2: I think, you know, Sam Neill's not an idiot. I think he's doing for the paycheck. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Absolutely. His heart is in his winery. Now
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that what he does now? Um, yeah, good for him. He's
2: really into it. Good for him. His
1: um, his whole thing with with Lara Dern and like they go on like a side quest. Um, there's a lot of like different like storylines all like happening at the same time in this movie, which is also a lot. But their little side quest is cool. Um, but yeah, he yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Not great.
0: Ah, Aw. That's a bummer. Yeah. That's a bummer.
3: Behave yourselves!
0: The sound of one of the great lines from RoboCop 2 means we are out of time. We'll be back next Monday with a new episode, assuming a faster, more popular podcast doesn't challenge us to a duel that we clearly wouldn't win before then. If you have any questions for me, Matter or Tim, you can reach us through our email, aiptmoviespod at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter at aiptmoviespod. If you like this podcast or any of the other great podcast articles or features on AIPT, you can help support the site and the people who work on it by signing up for a Patreon at patreon.com slash aiptcomics. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, it's okay to love movies. They may not be able to love you back, but they'll always be there for you.
2: Bye. I... Remember what Jim Farmer always says. Toodaloo.